We're going to start in Matthew chapter 6. Hmm. Before, before we jump into scripture, I just, I want to briefly, if it gets too cold, you guys can shut that window, but anybody else hot? Huh. I'm never hot, but it's warm in here today. Um, I want, I just, I want to say just a simple thing. Is it really, is it chilly? Goodness. I didn't know it was going to come down that quick. Um, don't dismiss what God is doing based on how awkward you're feeling. Yes? Don't dismiss what God is doing based on how awkward it feels to be you right now. In the stretching, there is that awkward preteen time where maybe your face is breaking out and maybe you're clumsy. Don't dismiss it, okay? Don't dismiss what God is doing just because you feel awkward in it. Fair? Okay. Just as a reminder, I just want to serve a reminder to you that I require interaction. I'm needy. Okay? Okay. Thank you, Christy. It's because it's because Robin went downstairs. So you guys have to make up for the silence because Robin, my cheerleader, has gone downstairs. She's the best. She's the best. So are you. Don't worry. Okay, we're going to start. I, I actually, I'm going to start way back at 625. It's not the point I want to make, but I, I also want to give you some background here. This is Jesus talking. He says this. Hold on. This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life. For all you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than just clothing? Look at all the birds. Do you think they worry about their existence? They don't plant or reap or store up food, yet your heavenly Father provides them each with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you, by worrying, could add anything to your own life? And why would you worry about your clothing? Look at all the beautiful flowers at the field. They don't work and they don't toil. And yet not even Solomon in all of his splendor was robed in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burned, won't he provide for you the clothes you need? So, or even though you live with such little faith, so then, don't you love Jesus? I, I, I just like, I just want to pause here because I just love Jesus's sarcasm. He's like laying this all out and he's like, even though you have such little faith, he is calling them out. So then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your bodies require? So above all, and this is my point, this is the point I want to make. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Seek first 
the kingdom of God, and all these other things that require very little faith. I just want to remind you of that. All these other things that your body requires, it takes very little faith to bring that in to reality. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things, they're just a bonus, right? You guys are boring me. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> That's hilarious. I bet you are. You exerted a lot of energy. <laughs> you feel, oh, we'll be healed. You're welcome. Go to Proverbs 25.2 real quick. Anybody have their Bibles? Proverbs 25.2. I didn't mark any of these verses. All right, then. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory, but the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. In other translations, it just simply says, the glory of God is to conceal a matter, and it is the glory of kings to search it out. What do we know really about the kingdom of God? What do we know about the kingdom of heaven? We probably were taught that it is something off out there, right? That it's off in the sweet by and by, that it's something that you achieve as long as you have walked with Jesus, done all the things right, checked all those boxes, and then in the sweet by and by, after death has a handle on you, then you can enter into the kingdom of heaven. I want to change our minds on that because that's not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said that. He wouldn't have said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these other things will be added to you if it wasn't attainable here, now. What Jesus did was bring the kingdom of heaven with him. He was establishing the kingdom of heaven on the earth, a space that we could actually enter into and enjoy now. The reason I know that this is true is because why would he have mushed it all together in a conversation about the things that your body needs here on the earth if it wasn't something that was attainable now, if it wasn't something that is for you now? Does that make sense? He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. Seek first the kingdom and then all of these other things will be added to you. This seems pretty simple, right? Except we have no idea what the kingdom of heaven is. We don't know how to enter into it. Do you guys remember the, the Looney Tunes cartoons? The old ones. Not all the revised ones. The, the old ones. And you know they had like that, the Looney Tune logo. And Porky Pig would always show up at the end of the cartoon and do his little thing in the middle of the, the Looney Tune logo. Well, then when they started when they started doing new Looney Tunes stuff, do you remember where they would like squeeze through the Looney Tune logo and do different things? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I was like seeing, are you following me? Thank you. Um, I was seeing like the kingdom of heaven like that. Like it's something that like we have to figure out how to get into, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I am just as lost as you, except I've done some research. Maybe you have too. I've just been like, really seeking out, like, God, what is this? What is this kingdom realm? Now, it's been settled for years now that it's not something off in the sweet by and by, because if that's the case, if it takes death 
to get to heaven, then death somehow becomes the savior and we didn't need Jesus, right? That's why the kingdom of heaven has to be here now. It has to be at hand. It has to be here. It's here. Somehow it's here because Jesus said so. And he's right. So it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, right? It's the glory of God to conceal, to announce the kingdom is here, but we have no idea where it's at. Right? But it's the glory of kings to search it out. Any kings in here? Yes. We've been made kings and priests because if he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, then we have to be kings as heirs and heiresses, right? But do we know who we actually are? I think until we put on those royal robes of righteousness, that's step one. If you need some steps, I'll give you some steps. Step one, wear the dang robes. Carry yourself appropriately. You should look like something. When you walk into the room, I should be put on notice, right? When I walk into a room, you should be like, whoa, like Mufasa, right? I know I can always get energy out of you just by saying Mufasa. Jeez. Second Corinthians 4. We're all over the place today. Just keep following. Second Corinthians 4. We're going to start in um, verse 18. Sorry, I got distracted by my own notes. Actually, let's let's start in 16. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Dang, here we are again. The kingdom of heaven is a realm that's established on the earth, but it is an unseen realm. We're supposed to have all of our focus, all of our attention on the unseen realm. Sorry, guys, it is stinking hot in here. It's fine. I'm back. Had to turn the heater off. Are you guys hot? I am like, could someone please open the window? I I, I blame the glory. In the glory realm, I get hot. (laughs) It is. It's fiery. I I haven't actually experienced this in many years. I kind of like being here. So anyway, the, the unseen realm. He's, we're, stat, we're establishing something here, that the unseen realm is something that we have to seek after. And it's not something that we seek after once a year, right? We have to keep our focus on what's in the unseen realm. How do I step into it and how the heck do I stay there, right? So let's go to Matthew 11. Told you we we're going to be all over the place. Next week, I hope to hear the sound of Bible pages flipping that's a distinct sound. What? Yes, they are. Matthew 11. 
starting in verse 12. Actually, verse 11. For I tell you the truth, throughout history, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. Yet the least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom realm will become even greater than he. This is big news, right? Because we know John's life. We know, we know John in utero, right? We know how the man knows how to encounter the kingdom realm. Remember, he is Elizabeth. Let's just back up. Elizabeth and um, what's Zachariah, her husband, they can't have children. God shows up, meets Zechariah in his once-in-a-lifetime chance to be in the temple. He's a priest to do the temple duties. While he's there, he's met by an angel. The angel scares the bejesus out of him, right? They haven't had any kind of encounter with heaven and who knows how long. They're just going through the motions, checking the boxes. It's my turn in the temple. The angel just happens to show up this time and scares him half to death. And he says to him, Zechariah, you and your wife Elizabeth are now going to have a baby. And he says, in our old age, lack of faith. And God's response to that is, and now you will not talk until the baby is born. So we know that Elizabeth is pregnant and she's pregnant with John. Through the course of this time, they're given the name of the baby. His name is to be John. He's not to be named after the father, his father. She's about three months pregnant. Is that what we decided? Or we decided that he was six months. He's six months older than him. He's about six months pregnant. And Mary, she is, <laughs> not he, she is six months pregnant with John. And Mary is having her own encounter with an angel who's announcing the birth of Jesus to her. And guess what? You're going to be the one to carry him. Right? And then she, then the angel tells her, well, listen, like your cousin Elizabeth is also with child. And that had to be astonishing to Mary because obviously they are of old age. And, but she runs. Mary has conceived the Christ child and now she is running to go see what's going on with Elizabeth, right? The moment Mary is on the scene with Christ, baby John has a reaction inside of Elizabeth. She describes it. Elizabeth is like, oh my gosh. Like, the baby inside of me leapt for joy. How the heck did she know that it was joy? The kingdom realm came and took her over. And she's now experiencing joy. We need to start asking Jesus, open my eyes because I want to know when your kingdom is here. I don't want to just have good feeling. I don't want to just experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all that. I want to encounter it. I want to play with it. I want to know when I'm there. Open my eyes, Holy Spirit. Let me know when I've entered in. Yes? Because that's what's happening in this encounter with Mary and Elizabeth, with John and Jesus. They're encountering something. And so John, he's born, he grows up, you know, and, and he spends his life set apart. Listen, he is a wilderness man. He's kind of crazy, dresses himself in animal skins, and he eats locusts. I don't know what that's about. I don't. It sounds disgusting. But maybe they were dipped in honey. Is that what I understand? Like raw honey and locusts still. But so this is him that they're talking about. This man is a man of power. And they're saying that you 
are greater. He knows the kingdom realm. He's living in the kingdom realm. He lives in this unseen realm because he has a message and he's making a way for Jesus. And this this scripture tells us that um, you're actually more important than John. You guys, we have to start looking at scripture, investigating scripture so that we can actually know who we are. Because if I am holding something, if I'm hosting something that's more important than John, John made the way for Jesus. What am I making the way for? Thank you. Let's go to Ephesians 6. I'm just going to read it on here. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against this, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Okay, so how many of you are up against something on a regular basis? Like, you know, like life isn't, life isn't going your way all the time. Like you deal with things. Kalita sent me a message. Hi, Kalita. I think she's watching. Um, Kalita sent me a message because she checks in daily now. And she's, you guys, she has been very, very sick. And, um, but she's on some medication now and is getting better. And uh, for those of you who don't know Kalita, she's our, she's our collective grandma. And, um, and she got COVID and just, it's, taken her out. She's been sick since December 27th. That's a long time. Um, but anyway, she's on the mend and she sends me this message this morning and she's like, Angie, I was listening to a teaching over the weekend. And I don't even know the basis of the teaching, but she said this one thing that I was just like, Oh my gosh, we forget who we are and who is with us. She said, it doesn't really matter what's coming up against us because we're in the boat and Jesus is with us. Therefore we have to get to the other side. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what's coming up against us because we're in the boat with Jesus and Jesus has a destination in mind and you better believe you're going to get there, right? He knows where he's going or he wouldn't have slept, right? Jesus is so content. He's like, I know where I'm going. Like, what's wrong with you people? We do not fight against flesh and blood. We wrestle, right? We're wrestling against something, but what are we wrestling for, right? What are we wrestling for? The answer to that is in Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 19 says this, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. These are the keys of the kingdom. What are we wrestling for? We're wrestling for keys. The problem is we get the dang wrestling match over with. We've got the keys in our hand and we're content to be like, done. Check that box. We never fully enter in. We have the keys to the kingdom, and I believe it's realms. I believe that it's unseen realms. It's not one realm. It's like realms within realms. You remember like all the prophecies, all of the Old Testament prophets that talked about the wheel within the wheel and all the eyes. Sorry, but there are all the eyes that are on everything. 
It's realms within a realm. We wrestle and then we're content when it lifts. We've stood our ground and we're like, Jesus, you said we're doing all the things. We get the keys and then we're just hanging out. I'm just a janitor collecting keys. This is a problem. Use the keys. We're not even unlocking anything. And this is what I'm going to tell you. I saw, I saw this. I saw this picture of us standing. We get to the dang threshold. We stand there and we're just like, I've arrived. And we never actually enter in. We're content to just have the keys and not unlock anything for the entourage of kings and lords that are coming up behind us. We just, we're, we're settling with a, a, a victory won, but we don't ever take the land. And it's ours. So when he's saying, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these other things will be added unto you, he's actually saying, enter in. Enter into the kingdom. And this is what I saw. And this could be some of you, but he was specifically talking about, okay, so we know that there's the fruits of the spirit, right? But I really do think that the fruits of the spirit are realms within the realm. I think each of them are a realm. How many of you have ever experienced peace and it feels like something? I believe it's a location. It's a realm that comes and takes us over. How many of you have ever experienced joy? Joy unspeakable right? It's a realm. It's ours to take. But here's the one that Jesus was really talking to me about. He's talking to me about long suffering. And I don't even, I don't even read translations that say long suffering. They just say patience. But long suffering was what he was talking to me about. And he says, honey, a lot of my people are stuck in the threshold of long suffering. They're stuck there. They're just standing there, stuck in this space of long suffering, and they never really access the power that is available in long suffering. How many of us are content to be in the eye of the storm and just continuing to be in this boat with Jesus but going nowhere? We're stuck in long suffering because we've never actually gone beyond the threshold. And when, we, when we're just straddling this threshold or content to stand there, there's so much coming at us. We feel the greatness, the goodness that's available within long-suffering, but then we're also battered by the world's version of long-suffering or the defeated enemy's version of long-suffering, and we're just being beaten. And we're never accessing the power and the authority that is in the realm of long suffering. It's ours to take. So if that's you, this is my challenge. Go all the way in. Go in. Enter in to the realm of long suffering. If you've been standing at the threshold of long suffering, it's yours to take. You have the keys. It's the only reason the door is open. This kingdom realm is actually ours. As children, 
He calls us his children. It's a space that God has authored for us to take hold of. Hey, there's another scripture. Um, I think I, maybe I left it off. Can you give me just a second? Okay, just kind of like, you know, do what you do. Because this is really good and I meant for it to be in here, but I was so distracted by our praise this morning, like I wanted to see it happen. It's okay. Maybe I just didn't read it all the way. Okay, it, it is. And it's just, in the Passion Translation, it's just worded differently. But, so Matthew eleven twelve, and I want to read it in this other translation so that you you understand what it is that, that I'm talking about. It actually, in other translations, it says, and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and it's violent people that are attacking it. Now, this is a, this is a portion of scripture that is one of my favorites. The kingdom of God suffer. I learned it in the King James. The kingdom of, of God suffereth violence and it is the violent that lay hold of it. And I've never really fully understood what that meant. I'm like, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Do you guys do that? Do you read scripture and you're like, what the heck does that mean? Why is the kingdom of heaven suffering violence and it's a violent that lay hold of it? But when, when the Passion Translation says, it says, um, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and it's passionate people that have taken hold of its power. Now that, that's worded a little differently. It's worded a little different. Can you see how passion could easily look like violence? So that's what God is raising up right now. And this is why I believe that it's so important for us to get a hold of what praise looks like, what it feels like to host praise in our own bodies. Because it's passionate people that are going to lay hold of the kingdom of God. You guys, once one or two of us break through to this realm and we begin to experience all the goodness, the bounty from this kingdom realm, it is going to be made available for all because we are not selfish people right? Because once you experience goodness and you know who you are, you're in right standing with God. You want everybody to experience what it is that you've experienced. Come in here with me, right? Get in the water's warm. Can we become passionate people who are willing to lay hold of the kingdom of heaven? Let's be those people. That looks like something. I think we've played games for far too long. We've played this game of, of Christianity for far too long. It requires something of you, right? Following Jesus requires something of you. It's, there's a cost in it. We're so content just to walk around existing and not being mindful about anything. I'm ready to be a part of a company of people who will stand and know who they are and know what belongs to them. We have to. I really believe that this next year is full of goodness, but it cannot be accessed from the sidelines. We actually have to get in the game. It requires something of you. And I know not everybody is sports-minded, but it's natural for me to go here. You can't actually step onto a court or a field having done nothing 
and expect to be any good for the rest of your team. You can't. You can't step onto the court unprepared. It doesn't work that way. You'll get got. You have to be prepared. And what does that look like? What does it look like to, to be prepared to be in this, to go after the kingdom realm? We have to become way f- more familiar with our Bibles, number one. Like, let's like, actually open it. Seriously. Like, we're so content to read the, the, the daily scripture on our Instagram feed. Uh, sorry, it's just not going to work, guys. You're, you're going to need something meatier than that. That's like a drink of milk. You need to get in it. Commune with Jesus. And if you don't want this to be awkward on Sunday mornings, because it's not going anywhere, if you don't want this praise time to be awkward on Sunday mornings, begin to practice praise at home. Use your voice. We are so stuck in our minds where we're like, willing things to change in our minds. That doesn't work either. He gave us a voice for a reason. Come prepared. Come prepared on Sundays. I'm putting an expectation on your life. Come prepared. Be ready to engage. I'm okay with the awkward. I am. I'm okay with us learning what this feels like, looks like. And we may have to tweak things here and there, but I'm okay with it because we are learning how to step into the kingdom realm, to lay hold of it and open it up for others. Yes? All right, let's pray. Father, We, I, I am just blown away by the invitation. You are so incredibly good to us. And I I don't know. I don't know what we've done to garner this kind of attention, but I I feel honored and I feel blessed by your goodness. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are opening our eyes to be able to see what it is that you see, what to see what it is that you've put before us. Jesus, we are yours, just simply yours. And we give you our lives right now. And we say, have your way. Do what you will. In Jesus' name, amen.